I'm trying to get out of that little isolation period and feelings of I get so lonely and slide into some community. More on this in this episode of Stationed with Stories. Station with Stories. That's it. All right, you are listening to Stationed with Stories. I am your host, Kalisha Hollis-Jesse. And before we get started, y'all know that these are all my thoughts, my thoughts, my thoughts. And they do not represent or reflect the positions, opinions, or views of the U.S. Armed Forces in any way. All right, y'all, let's just get into it. Welcome, welcome back for all of those who have been with me. Hi, peeps. And welcome to everyone who is new to the podcast, y'all. It's Station With Stories. We just gonna jump into it like we always do. Um, A little, just, just a little update, my, my life. A little update on my life, y'all. It's been a busy month. Yes, February has been busy. I feel like everybody's birthday was in February. It used to be like later in the year. I knew a lot of people with birthdays, but February just hit hard moving, y'all. You know that I have been in that process of moving, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a little bit. And of course, just settling in, community. All I mean, a lot of things happened in the month of February. Y'all know February is short. It's a short month for all of these things to be happening. But anyway, let me just start off with the book that I read, and I just finished this book, y'all. And how did I get to the book? I actually was talking to my mother-in-law, who I call my mother-in-love, and she asked me whether I heard of this book. I said I did not know anything about the book, but of course, if you give me a book recommendation, I'm going to look it up. So I looked it up and I decided to listen to it. I did the audio version of the book. The book is called The Muse by Jesse Burton. Now... Anybody named Jesse? Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to check it out, right? So this book came out in 2016. Like I said, I listened to the book, and I think that had a lot to do with just my experience of it. I'll get to that in a moment. The three words I have are graceful, puzzling, shared. So the first word, graceful. I thought that the characters were written with both dignity and grace. And what I mean by that, the main protagonist, I'll say that, let's start there. There's a grace to them. There's a dignity to them. And honestly, it could be, you know, looking at the very, the very first visual right make mental picture in my head at least I got was of this young Caribbean woman who was very refined and living in London and I really liked how graceful she came across and then later this book because it switches through times and places you have a different picture and you're transported to 1930s Spain. So you start off in 1960s London, and then you go back in time to 1930s Spain, Southern Spain specifically. And the characters there were a little bit more rough and ready, but there was still a way, right? There's a grace that some of those characters had as well, particularly the female characters. I just really liked the graceful way that these women were moving throughout their lives. 
So, and I thought there was great narration, right? The actual voice actors for the audio version of the book were great. They're two ladies who do the voice acting. And I thought they were great. They, they really got the accents because you have different accents that are important, I think, to really getting the full experience of the book. And so having them read in those accents and be able to portray these women who are quite graceful was fantastic for me. Okay, so puzzling. I say puzzling because at the very beginning, like the first flip back in time, I did not know what was going on. Once again, y'all, you know, <laughs> you know how I am. I did look this book up a little bit, but I did not read the whole synopsis. So I did not know that this book would be about two different worlds and their link to one another across time and place. So I started the book and I'm like, okay, I am fully invested in this main protagonist and her life. And then all of a sudden I'm in Spain and I'm like 30 years in the past. And I'm like, what in the world is going on here? Like I, it was puzzling. And I think even had I known that that was going to be the structure of the book, it was still puzzling what this connection might be between the characters, okay? I could not see the connection in the beginning. And I, I mean, obviously that's by design. Writers don't give it all away in the beginning, but it was pretty puzzling. And I think that the average reader would really be working in their mind to figure out what the connection is gonna be between these people, these very different people, these very different places and times, okay? So that was why I said puzzling. And the last word, shared. I said shared. Obviously, that can be taken in all types of ways. But in this case, I say this is a shared story because at the end, once I finally put it together and, you know, not the very, very end, but in the last couple of chapters, you can kind of guess what might be going on here. I didn't really I didn't get the 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 last like clinch, the last hooker until it was very obvious and clear. So there are some ways I think Jesse Burton does a good job at not giving it all away until the very end. And I thought that was great. I enjoyed that a lot. At the same time, right in the last couple of chapters, you're starting to understand how these characters could be related. And that was satisfying. The The piece that made it shared for me is that these characters there's there are for sure two main protagonists but at the end once once you realize all that this is culminating to it really is more than one person's story more than two people's story and i felt like at the end we had some very well-rounded characters more than one more than two i felt like there was a growth in a number of characters and that was nice just not to have the protagonist going on a journey developing and then a lot of flat characters. So there were a lot of rounded characters. Obviously the, the protagonists, they have the most growth, but the secondary characters were not flat. So it was, it was really a shared story. I was surprised by that. And at the end, I'm like, whose story was this really? Right. I can I can talk about this, the book from a lot of different perspectives. But obviously, because 
The way that I do things, I don't like to give you spoilers. I want you to be able to read it if you're interested. So I I don't typically talk about the characters if you're new to the podcast, but just the overall book. I enjoyed it. I did. And so once again, the book is The Muse by Jesse Burton. Came out in 2016. Pick it up if you so choose. All right, y'all, moving on to the topic of the day. So I told you already there has there there has been a lot to happen in the last couple of weeks moving. And it's kind of funny when I was thinking about the topic of this particular episode, I was thinking about Janet Jackson's song, I Get So Lonely. I get so lonely. You remember that song? Mm-hmm. Yes. I was I was actually thinking about that as a topic just because it's real. It is real. The isolation is real. And just as a little bit of background, I just moved from Japan to Washington State. And y'all, I am typically really, I just, I think in all the moves and not just military moves, I've made a lot of transitions in my life. And usually I'm with a program. Back when I was in school, I would be transitioning with, you know, a new incoming class of XYZ program, or I was doing some type of traveling with another group of people, and that made it different, moving to a new place and moving in with someone who was local to the place. For example, when I lived in Spain, I lived with a family both times, and that makes it different. But y'all just just rolling out here, just rolling out here to Washington solo, definitely the first experiences were very lonely, very isolating. And But the reason why I didn't call this I Get So Lonely, because I'm an optimist, y'all. I'm an optimist. So it is very hard. And my friends will tell you, it's hard for me to talk about sad things because I just, I can't be there. I can't stay there. And so, you know, it, it got me to thinking in that isolation station because I know it's real and I've seen a lot of posts on Facebook and I've talked to a lot of spouses about that isolation period, even when they're in community, even when they know people and they have friends in a community, when their spouses are gone, for example, just how isolating they they can, or just how lonely they can feel, right? So I've, I've talked to lots of spouses about it. And I cannot say that I really experienced it until I got here to Washington. So it got me to thinking, y'all, you know, because I'm like, okay, yes, I can admit it through gritted teeth that I feel isolated as a mostly extrovert. (laughs) I can be introverted sometimes because I'm a writer and, you know, we have to do that solo life a lot and I can kind of brood and, and be in my own thoughts. But very much an extrovert overall, right? And so it is It is definitely something I've been thinking about, y'all. So I was just like, you know, you got to put yourself out there, girlfriend. What are we going to do? What are we going to do to get ourselves out here? And it got me to thinking, you know, I would love to just have some type of form. I have to have a discussion about this some more. So I might talk about this later on in some other episode, y'all, because I feel like this is just kind of a part one of it. But at least for today, we're going to talk about this isolation station and the ways that I'm thinking, you know what? This is how male spouses do it. This is how we we get into a community. And 
in this case, this is what I had to do. Okay, y'all. So I'm going to call this sliding. I had to slide into things, right? I need to slide out of isolation. So the first thing I said, you know what? I've seen this happen before. I need to slide into these Facebook groups and introduce myself, okay? So I did that and I felt kind of weird about it. But when I was in Japan, I remember I was in this Facebook group and this woman put a big picture of herself and she introduced herself below the picture to the whole group. And I was like, that's a lot. And you're probably like, "Mm, that's a lot. I would agree that's a lot. But listen here, y'all, this is a new thing to me, this feeling of isolation. So I said, you know what? I'm going to slide into these Facebook groups and I'm in a lot of Facebook groups right now. But in one of those groups, I actually did the same thing. I put a little picture of myself and it was big, right? Because Facebook, if you just put one picture, it made that one picture real big. And I introduced myself and I had a lot of comments, y'all, a lot of comments. And ultimately, you know, there's maybe only a handful of people who want to connect and maybe one, two, three that you'll actually connect with. But it was good. I I was proud of myself for putting myself out there. Um, Number two, slide into these book clubs. Now y'all know I like book clubs. You already know I love them. So when I was feeling that initial, that initial isolation, I said, slide into your public library, sis, and slide into these book clubs. Y'all, so I was in a book club last week. It was virtual, which was fine. I I kind of want to be in person to really meet people, but I enjoyed being on that virtual book club with those, what, four or five other ladies. They're all older ladies, which was perfectly fine. But it was just nice to have a conversation, intelligent conversation. And it was a social justice book club, which was really interesting. I will get to that book. I haven't finished the book, actually. And I usually finish my books before I join book club. But listen, I only had like a couple of days because I had just learned about the book club, but I wanted to be part of the environment. So I did join them. And I'm going to finish that book and talk to you all about it in some other episode. So that's what I slid into these book clubs. Um, also sliding into a church. Now, I have been the last couple of weeks sliding into different church communities. That's usually where I find the bulk of my social extracurricular life. Honestly, everywhere I've been, every city, every state, every country, I have always been able to find a church and I will say that at the very beginning, it was a little hairy. I, was, I wasn't I was sure if I was going to find something that my husband and I would both enjoy, but I'm feeling more optimistic about it now because I'm just sliding into these church communities and figuring out where I'm supposed to be, where I'm supposed to be planted. And the last thing I'm trying to slide into during this isolation part of this being stationed, okay, I'm trying to slide into these fellow mill spouse gatherings. And I think what's cool is that with my particular situation, this is a home port shift. So my husband is Navy, right? So there is such thing as home port shifts where the whole ship moves and not just the sailor. And I think that was an advantage in my situation because the people who I was starting to meet in Japan are more than likely still going to be with the ship just a couple of months later, right? So there's already some people out here that I know from that. Hey, y'all, 
definitely thankful for it. I will say that in Washington State, at least this Everett station, people live everywhere, very much spread out. So that's something that is going to take some getting used to for me in terms of building community because people are just all over. But I'm trying, y'all. I'm trying to get out of that little isolation, period, and feelings of I get so lonely and slide into some community, okay? I'm trying to slide into community, y'all. So definitely, I will keep y'all updated on how that's going. Uh, But let's just leave it there for now, okay? We're going to slide out of isolation and slide into some community. And for all of those meal spouses out there who know what I'm talking about or people who just have moved, right, and have felt isolated, just know that I can identify with that. I really can. And it really is tough. And reach out to people. And even if it's not people, you know, even if it's not people who are right around you, you don't know people yet. I did catch myself in the first like seven days of being in Washington, I reached out to almost every friend (laughs) that I have, like all over the country and all over the world. Like I really, I found myself like texting everyone, calling everyone. And I realized that, you know, while I was in that isolation period, it was good to at least talk to people who I know care. So yeah, that's that. All right, y'all, moving on to the last portion of the podcast. Y'all, this this thing goes fast, doesn't it? I ain't lying to you. I know it goes fast. So the last portion, which is also going to go fast, this is a particularly short flash fiction piece, but I'm really excited about it. It is called Taking a Wrong Turn. At least 15 miles? Sandra huffed. I'll drive as fast as I can, Tully said, trying not to meet his pregnant wife's stare. Her contracting belly shivered with outrage. Tully bit his lip as he shifted into drive and rolled back onto the road. Switching on his high beams to see in the looming darkness, he spotted a motel with two cars parked outside across from an abandoned truck stop. In his rearview mirror loomed the gas station where he'd bought the fried chicken tenders that he'd given to Sandra, who immediately got heartburn that induced her contractions that made him panicky and scared because this would be their first child. A little baby boy they would name Michael, who was supposed to be born in Chicago one month from today, but might be born in the backwoods of Indiana in the next few minutes because he'd gotten lost hours ago and didn't see the need to tell his sleeping pregnant wife, and instead of asking for directions, he'd been driving in circles until she woke up and said she was hungry. So, Tully pretended they were not that far from Chi-Town when he fed her side-of-the-road chicken instead of a nice meal in the city for their baby moon he'd ruined before it even began. All right, y'all, that is it for this episode. Definitely check out the website, stationwithstories.com. Everything is there. And on Instagram, check it out, stationed underscore story. I am there. Definitely, if you want to leave a comment on whatever podcast listening app you're listening to, leave the comments, okay? And give the stars, yes, 
Give all the stars, y'all. All five of them stars. All them stars, y'all. Give them all the stars. Give the podcast all the stars, okay? And of course, if you want to reach out to me individually, please do check out the website because there is a way that you can leave a comment. I would love to hear from you. And I will be back next Monday. It's Station with Stories. I am your host, Kalisha Hollis-Jesse. Bye, peeps.